So you would think that the entire series could have just Vanya playing on the violin and playing only one song the entire time. I know that's something I can get behind, especially if that one song is Lindsey Stirling's rendition of The Phantom of the Opera. However, the soundtrack is full of great songs, and we're about to bring them to you, presenting the Umbrella Academy of Music. Hello and welcome, everybody, to Drinking Geek OST. This is a show where we drink beer and listen to geeky soundtracks. This episode is featuring beers, something badass, because if you know anything about the Umbrella Academy... They're kind of badass. They're all kind of badass. I am Player One, The Duke. Along with Player Two, Saf. And the track you are listening to is the Umbrella Academy theme song composed by Jeff Russo. And we are about to get into it, Uh, the part you'll recognize from the actual show. There's always like that that song that plays as soon as it ended, and it it titles up at the end where you can either skip to the next episode or just Mm -hmm. watch the credits. This is it. I always like how the title comes up over like an umbrella in the environment and mm-hmm. it looks different it's like a different every time yeah and you're just like you're you're looking around all of a sudden it like pans to that's cool kind of breaks down but it pans to something in the background that you didn't even recognize yeah. or notice and it's there it's almost like the pineapple inside exactly yeah I imagine Vanya is playing the theme song yeah but by Vanya I'm thinking it's Lindsay Sterling (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but the violin is a huge part of this if you've seen any part of the the show then you would know that the main character slash villain plays violin especially in the comics so Mm -hmm. huge part kudos to was it Jeff Russo Jeff Russo yeah and we'll get more into him momentarily but first, we have a beer beverage to drink from the beer. Weed from beer. Absolutely. It is something badass, which is an IPA. Um, I teased it a little bit in the intro. They're, you know, these characters are, you know, they're all badasses uh, for the most part. <laughs> and so um, I found this beer at beer. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. It's kind of like in the line of the themes of their IPAs that they've been releasing. And so it's like, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and keep buying these. Uh, and this one turned out like really good. Yeah, I don't believe I've had this one yet. Oh, good. You gave it to me a while ago, and I've just been hanging on to it, waiting for us to talk about it. Yeah, that's uh, that's how it happens. Uh, a little bit about this beer. It is 6% ABB and... ABB? ABBs? ABVs. And 55 IBUs. Which is... Which is Sammy Hagar, I Can't Drive 55. Hmm. Good. <laughs> music. music. Music reference. Yeah, music reference. And on a musical episode. All right. So, 
Uh, Double dry hopped American IPA. Something badass contains five different hop varieties with a total of eight hop additions. Uh, It is brewed to be smooth, clean, and balanced. Uh, If you want the untapped ID, it is 22162627. (laughs) The can is a pretty cool, uh, interesting colors. I like the blending of the blues and the greens and the reds. Mm -hmm. It also says what you said on the back, and it has all the IBUs and ABVs on there. And the SRM is 3.6, if that means something to you. (laughs) I mean, we do have our own SRM, so... (laughs) We'll see if it matches. They have like points in there. It's 3.6, though. Oh. We could get even more Whoa. into the nitty-gritty. Well, let's do it. We'll have to come up with more colors. <laughs> I already got extra colors. Uh, and it says, I guess their slogan is, Taste Our Awesomeness. But uh, it's almost uh, kaleidoscopy or yeah. tie-dye-ish. It kind of reminded me of a cell. Oh yeah, a split open like, like magnifying amoeba cell. <laughs> that's this right here is the mitochondria. <laughs> yeah, I can the powerhouse that. of the cell. <laughs> I mean, other than the fact that it's like one of those beers that came out like in a series, and they just keep releasing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the can itself is something that caught my eye. I was gonna probably buy it anyways, uh, but it, it definitely was like, oh hey, I need to get that can. Yeah, it's nice to support your. Local brewery over there. Mm-hmm. Especially since they opened one up in Carmel uh, that I'm able to drive mm-hmm. to. It's a, it's a you know 15-minute drive for me versus going a half hour, 20 minutes or whatever. To the original? Uh, yeah, downtown Indianapolis. All right, let's take a look at this beer and see if our SRM... It looks a little bit darker based on our scale than the three. Yeah, it's definitely... I think I it's... Closer to the five or six yeah. range for sure. Uh, they were right with the point six. You know, <laughs> um, you're probably getting a little different view because you're looking towards the window. Yeah, when my, I look at you, it's like super dark. But if I bring it over the other direction, I'm like, oh yeah, it's a lot lighter than. Yeah, it just begs the to, uh, the question like, where do they get these numbers? Mm-hmm. Like, what light test do they have? Do they have like a special flashlight? They <laughs> right, so it's always the same. You like hold it up to it, you <laughs> click a button, and it's like dee, 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 yeah. it's three point six. You gotta have some tool, not just us looking at characters on a list. Yeah, this kind of looks like tails. I don't know. Yeah, I can go. I'll go with a six, just because yeah. mine. Looks a little darker for sure. I think Star Fox is probably it for that one. We can take a sniffer. Um, it smells clean. Yeah, like I'm not getting a ton of like hops or anything. No, I'm not either. I'm getting a little piney though. So yeah, if I get my nose way deep down in there, I I can get the a little bit of that bitter yeah. smell. I thought maybe I ruined my sniffer earlier because I was brewing today. Oh, yeah. And so I had three ounces of different type of hops, so I have no idea. However, I'm not smelling anything, which is a good thing. But it's also, I don't know, like even if I waft it, you know, break it up. Yeah. Not not really getting much. It's not like overwhelming where you, once you crack the can, it's like, oh, yeah, there's the Mm -hmm. beer. I smell that. But uh, I'm a little congested. Allergies are acting yeah. up today so i'm also having trouble smelling that in that regard yep allergy season but no i did there really isn't much there maybe a hint of tropical 
yeah, uh, kind of like a, a citrusy vibe, but uh, nothing too intense, nothing too. Um, you're missing, you're not missing out, is what I'm saying. Like you, you can't really smell anything. Hopefully, we'll get more in the flavor. Maybe definitely hoppy. Yeah, it's definitely just bitter at this point. Yeah. Like, I couldn't smell it, and I was about to taste it and be like, oh, no, I got the Rona. But <laughs> I can taste something there. It's, yeah, it's just bitter. There's not a whole lot of, unfortunately, not a whole lot of flavors. It starts out kind of sweet on the front yeah. end, and then the back end, it's just immediately, like, hot bitterness. Yeah, if I'm holding the, the beer on my tongue, it's more bready. Yeah, I can see that. But, I mean, it really just gets undercut by how um, bitter this is. Even though it's 55, it still has nothing to cut that bitterness. Yeah, yeah there's no lactose or um, like a, I don't know what kind of, five different hop varieties, but it doesn't say if what kind of, so I don't really know any citra hops that are usually... Right. Uh, elevate it a little bit and make it less bitter. So I'm looking at untapped. And there are uh, 557 unique check-ins, 507 ratings, averaging 3.74 out of 5. I do not have any friends who have checked this in, except for me. Because uh, I'm my own friend. <laughs> I got one besides you. I don't know who this guy is. I think he's relatively new on my friends list. His name is Bobby Neeb, and he gave it a 3.25, but didn't say anything. Yes. Um, scrolling through the list, uh, we have Laura, or sorry, Lars. I thought that was a Laura. <laughs> Lars S. Uh, lived up to that name almost, 3.25. <laughs> uh, Gordon L., a friend who didn't check it in, a friend of someone who checked it in, said, um, I think this is the best beer name ever. It is a good beer name. Yeah, he checked it in two days ago. Um, Alan A. here, uh, he gave it a 475, didn't say anything. Uh, Ryan gave it a 4. Casey gave it a 4. So there's there it's, it's hit or miss, I think. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's hit or miss. I've just been scrolling through looking for any comment at all and then not really seeing anything. I got one from Harry that said, a little hoppy, mm-hmm. not bad beer. And uh, three and a half is what he gave it. Yeah, Scott G. in Geist. He uh, had this on the 28th, so last week or two weeks ago. I think, yeah, last week. Uh, I could do this one too. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but he gave it a 375. Maybe handle it. He can handle this one. I guess. Maybe he just had a few of them and he's like, oh, I don't know if I can do this one. Well, I could do this one, which is a weird way of talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do one. Uh, this guy, Rob W., has got a Pales pairing for us. Ooh. Happy to find this in the back of the fridge. Pairs well with potato chips. Hashtag DDP. And gave it a 4.25. Diamond Dallas Page? <laughs> That's what my mind went to. Could you use a diamond? <laughs> does he diamond cutter, I think? Yeah, I was going to say, does he say something badass a lot? Or is that... I, don't I, I don't know. I might. I don't, I'm not a big wrestling mm-hmm. guy, so I wouldn't know. Um, beer A at the Davis House of Beer. 
first night in the hot tub, 375. <laughs> I saw that one too. I was like, weird. Yeah. Way to go, bud. Big super flex on that. Congratulations. Yeah, bud. On the you, hot tub. You, you have yourself a hot tub. On your bacteria breeder. Yeah. Unless he's in like Tennessee uh, in the cabins, you know, enjoying himself. Mm, yeah. uh, one of those things. One of those things during the pandemic. So I think I'm going to stick with my check-in. Um, I tend to do that if like if the rating is going to be lower, I tend to stick with the the previous check-in. Yeah. Uh, I only will update it or recheck it in if it's going to be higher. So I'm just going to stick with it. Uh what did you check it in at? I gave it a 4. Um the comments that I made about this one says pretty good. Expected from their rotational. This is part of their like series that they do. Uh, this is just something new. Uh, they have other IPAs, I think, that, from them that I would prefer over this, especially the ones that are in this kind of series of them, uh, mainly the Amarillo Avenue and probably the Citra Valley, uh, things like that. Uh, they had flavor to them. This one... They, it might have had flavor, maybe the, you know, sitting around for a few months that I had it. Yeah, that could be. Uh, my check-in was September 8th, uh, so it was a couple months ago when I had this, and I don't even know if I checked it in right away type of thing. Um, but, I mean, overall, I mean, I can sit and drink this. This is kind of clean. It is crisp. Uh, it's on the lighter side of it. It's not, it doesn't bog you down with flavors. It might be a little bit bitter, but I feel like... It's crisp enough that I could mow a yard and then drink this. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at you if you did that. Yeah. So I gave it a 3.75. And um, what I said was a little less bitter would improve this one for me. Mm-hmm. And basically, I like the upfront flavor and I like how smooth it is. It's just that leftover mouth taste uh, or aftertaste is what... Uh, brings it down out of the four range for me, right? But I still think it's pretty pretty good. And maybe if it was a little fresher or something, it would the bitterness wouldn't come through as much. Yeah, I think I'm, that's what I'm kind of struggling with now. But I don't know if I struggled with it earlier. So all the music I have on my playlist here is from season one because I couldn't find a season two playlist on YouTube or anything. That's perfectly fine with me. Uh, Our when for Digo, when we did the Umbrella Academy, I think we could have gotten away with separating one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, that episode, uh, I edited two hours. Yeah, so it, it, uh, just you know backing it down a little bit more. Uh, so I guess season one is going to be good enough. Then we can kind of hit up on you know each individual part of these and kind of talk about what's happening in our minds during. Mm-hmm. And um, it's all original music, but I do have a link towards the bottom of the notes that um, is a good resource for uh, songs they used from like pop culture and stuff mm-hmm. during the show. Yeah. And we could talk about that if you wanted to. Uh, I mean, that works for me. It's very similar <laughs> to Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Right. Uh, I have the vinyl for the first one. And it has the first one record al- album or one record is the original music and one record is like all the, of the, yep. the mixtape or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And so that's, that's what I imagined. Like 
when I, you know, listen to this and they have like songs from these, like everybody talks about the pop culture songs that are in here. Mm-hmm. Since one of the characters is a musician, it plays a lot into the episodes. Mm-hmm. And this is called Russia 1989. Which I imagine is the kind of flashback at the beginning. Yeah, when it starts it off and it has like the birth of whatever. Yeah, I believe it's Vanya. Like, it's my impression. Probably their mom's first kiss. That that part. Yeah, it really, really is like, oh, you got pregnant <laughs> from kissing this boy. Yeah. But I think that he did hit Russia sound mm-hmm. when you listen to this. I like the little huh, like that. Those little. Mouth noises in the background. Very like carolly, like you know. And you think of you know. It's pretty short. That was the end of it, right there. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, relatively short scene. Yeah, uh, because panic ensued essentially when you know you had to fish the the, the girl out of the pond and <laughs> or the pond, but the the pool. swimming pool, or whatever. And then like <laughs> I I thought it was really I didn't know what was happening. Yeah, I was uh, real confused right off the bat. Like, oh, what? She just, I'm like, did she just, like, explode? <laughs> like, I literally thought that she kind of, like, filled up with, like, some kind of, like, gas yeah. or something. And then when she jumped into the pool, like, and then blood started coming out, I was like, oh, she just fucking destroyed herself. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was, like, the guy had superpowers or right, something yeah. that, like, made her sick or something. And then, yeah, she exploded in the pool. And she had a baby. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> hold, hold, full stop. What? <laughs> Speaking of having a baby, this next track is called Sudden Birth. There's a suspense. It's very suspenseful. Right, yeah. Especially since there was 43 women who just spontaneously birthed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the, the proper term is. <laughs> Combusted with ba- with baby. Big fan of the drums they used in this one. Right. Well, anyways, a little bit about Jeff Russo. Perfect. Yeah. Jeff Russo is an American composer, songwriter, guitarist, vocalist, and music producer, and one of the two founding members of American rock band Tonic. Oh, shoot. I like Tonic. <laughs> He's also a founding member of the acoustic rock band Low Stars. Russo is also known for his work as a composer on various films and television soundtracks, notably Fargo, uh, Star Trek Picard, Legion, uh, which Palin Keith did uh, for us. Two seasons? 
Uh, three seasons. Three seasons. There you go. Uh, Counterpart and Star Trek Discovery. He also scored the uh, miniseries The Night Of and the acclaimed video game What Remains of Edith Finch. For his work on Fargo, he won the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Music Composition for a Limited Series Movie or Special in 2017. So while you were talking, we moved on to Hazel and Cha-Cha. Probably one of the the best um, slash worst <laughs> duo. Yeah. Like villain duo or something. Henchmen. Yeah. I don't know what they considered. Right. Because you have one person. They Literally both of them just doing this because they have to. They both show that they're doing this because they have to. But you have um, Hazel wanting to get out. Mm-hmm. Falling in love and all that. Mm-hmm. And this uh, song uses a lot of deeper tones, which mm-hmm. puts villainy in your mind. For sure. So right away, you just hear this and see them, and you're like, oh, those are probably bad people. Especially with their creepy helmets on. <laughs> mascot heads yeah those are really fucked up (laughs) Um, this one's coming to an end so uh, let's move on to uh, homecoming so I'm imagining this is when they come home Mm -hmm. as Grown-ups after Reginald, Reginald dies. dies. Yeah. This is probably around the time that number five comes back, too. Mm, yeah. Because it, it's, I mean, it's bang, bang, bang. Things mm-hmm. are happening. So I talked about Jeff Russo, but there was another composer that we did mention, which was uh, Perrine uh, Vir- Virgil? Virgile? <laughs> I would go with Virgil. Yeah, Perrine Virgil. Virgile. Virgile. <laughs> uh, Perrine is a French TV and film composer based in L.A. After studying classical music at the French Conservatory and receiving a degree in sound engineering from the ESRA school in Nice. <laughs> I think it's Nicey, uh, France. Uh, Perrine moved to Boston to attend the prestigious Berkeley College of Music. Uh, she graduated in late 2014 with a dual major in film scoring and uh, music business. Yeah, music business. Uh, and moved to LA early 2015 to pursue a career as a film composer. I like how dramatic her life story sounds with this music playing in the background. <laughs> Absolutely. Offering <laughs> uh, has worked with uh, Jeff Russo for the last five years as a scoring assistant and additional writer. Alright, so uh, as this song winds down, we will be moving on um, to Klaus. So this is like like his theme song, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like when it started, because I have a history of drugs in the family, mm-hmm. I really hated Klaus. Yeah, character. I didn't like him at the beginning either. I'm like, I have so many reasons to dislike you. Then once you get his backstory and reasoning, like he's trying to uh, subdue his powers and yeah, he's like, "There's a reason why." 
I get it, but also I hate it. Uh, it's a little uh, Sherlocky. Mm-hmm. Uh, the theme here, but also a little really more is. playful. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the theme song to the Sherlock Cumberbatch and TV show. Yeah. Kind of like a a transition of Klaus's character as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, he starts off as a playful, like uh, he's like the comedy element y- of yeah, the show. Just doesn't care, you know, things like that. And then you like find out he's been through some shit. He gets a hold of that. Bi- well, he gets kidnapped first, and he gets his ass <laughs> yeah. kicked by Hazel. Uh, he escapes, goes back in time, and goes through the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. uh, falls in love, and then his lover dies in the Vietnam War. He's seen some shit. All right, now we have a track called Hazel and Agnes. So Agnes is like his love interest in the show, mm-hmm. and so this should be like a more romantic tune. And all she did was provide this man with donuts. <laughs> must have been some damn good donuts. They looked delicious. They absolutely did. In honor of this, I had donuts for breakfast. <laughs> they didn't. They weren't as good as what they looked like. How good they could have been. So a little bit more about uh, Perrin. I think we didn't finish this paragraph here. She was also one of the ten featured composers in the Future is Female concert series where she premiered two pieces, Ten Years, and Life Was So Beautiful Then. Her new concept piece, Odyssey of the New World, will be premiering at the Endless Mountain Film Festival in July 2021 as part of the Emerging Hollywood Composers Ensemble. Corinne was one of the few lucky composers selected to participate in the CSAC, S-E-S-A-C, Scores Workshop Series with composers Christoph Beck from uh, Frozen and Ant-Man and Chris Bacon from Bates Motel, Men in Black International, and is currently working on her first orchestral album which is set to be released in the spring of 2021 Uh, this next track is called Goodbye Dolores do you know what 
I can't remember who Dolores is. Wasn't Dolores the the lover of Hazel? That's Agnes. Oh, is it? Oh, <laughs> it's the name of number five's mannequin. Oh. <laughs> That's right. I forgot it had a name. Mm-hmm. Such a sad tune for a mannequin. Well, half a mannequin at this point, I think. He only has the top half. And, like, not even an arm. <laughs> piece of music right there also very like sad Mm -hmm. and now here we have the day that wasn't another kind of sad sounding song yeah it's kind of like a hey you guys have been through some shit (laughs) like you're learning all this and like the the high points for the show essentially is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Right? The guy who dupes Vanya. Yeah, she's kinda he kinda uses her a little bit. Yeah. Tract, which is called Vanya Locked Up. Yeah, I think a little bit of right. um, the, the the day that it wasn't. It was essentially when everybody found out shit was hitting the fan, and she found out who this guy was, and then the day was erased. Oh, that's Boy, right. That back in time, yeah. That's a good episode. Yeah. So this is essentially when they figure out that Vanya is a problem. Yeah, she's got powers and she can't really control them. Mm-hmm. So they... Essentially when she kills Allison, or she thinks she kills Allison. But Allison was definitely shady as fuck yeah. like the entire uh, TV series. Well, at least the first season. Right, when she you know was snooping and you know, lying to the, the police officers and you know, breaking into people's houses mm-hmm. and Something no good. She would use her powers on people, and like she was estranged from her daughter because of her powers and stuff. Right. She literally showed a lack of constraint. Mm-hmm. 
Let's move on to Vanya's Orchestra number one. And um, I have a little information about this. This is from a interview she did, and I didn't write down who it was with, so I guess you can <laughs> find that out yourself if you could. <laughs> Ellen Page on playing the violin. Vanya is quite the violinist, and Page is, shall we say, still learning. The actress admits that she had phenomenal double. She's a 16-year-old prodigy named Imogene. Uh, it was a gift to listen to her play, but Paige, who'd never picked up a violin previously, thought it was important that she take lessons for authenticity's sake. I definitely know this stuff that doesn't look as good. So, how did that go? I did my absolute best and had a wonderful, patient teacher. It was so hard, so hard. Really, the goal was to try and make me look as comfortable as humanly possible. Paige says, laughing. Vanya also struggles with the one thing she actually is pretty good at. She stuck she stuck way down in her orchestral's uh, violin section, although her professional life turns around as she goes on a journey of self-discovery. Without saying too much, there's a recent comic storyline that the first umbrella season is based on is called Apocalypse Suite. So I imagine that was Imogene they were playing, and uh, it continues into part two. That scene where she's on stage alone and uh, auditioning, I guess, for yeah. the main seat in the orchestra is like really well done. Basically, blowing, blowing everybody away with how great she's playing. Yeah, like yeah. The, the waves come out through the audience. Mm-hmm. Because uh, music is kind of the way she uh, uses her powers. Mm-hmm. She's very calm doing it. Now this next track we have here is called Apocalypse. So we're getting towards the end here of the first season. This is an insane battle here. Basically, when they're trying to fight Vanya. Mm-hmm. And I think that's coming up, but when you think Apocalypse, you think of that. Yeah. And it, I like how, as the season progresses, it, they use the violin more in the orchestra, or mm-hmm. in the uh, soundtrack, because... Uh, it's coming up more on the show with her character using it. This is a six minute long track, so I'm going to skip ahead a little bit and see what we have. 
the four minute mark. Seems to be about the same, not missing much. Mm-hmm. Towards the end. Very dramatic. I like how that builds there at the end. The next track we have is called Dancing. I remember people slow dancing, but I can't remember who it is. It's um, Allison and Luther. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Some oboe action. Yeah. It's also around the same time that Luther finds out that he's, you know, like worthless in the mm-hmm. whole scheme of things and decides to go on a binge <laughs> and Klaus has to like track him down. It's always interesting, fun scene. Yeah, the drug addict's trying to mm-hmm. be the helpful one. And then to wrap this up, we have a final track, and it's just titled Vanya. finally picks up yeah this one is um, in the cabin um, when uh, Balson goes to that cabin and like you yeah, see Vanya having all these things flying Bl- around yeah. yeah and this is when she yeah she tries to like, calm her down or stop her and uh doesn't she, work out for her. Yeah, she she tries to say I heard a rumor. She's like, nope, not today. Quit. <laughs> so if Allison said, I heard a rumor that you don't have powers, would that take away her power? No, no because she did that. When she was a kid. Yeah, and, and it just so, kind of made her forget about them. Yeah, and not, you know, I don't have powers. I, don't, I, don't, mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't practice my powers. I don't have any. Yeah. I do like how the soundtrack is about order. Yeah, a little bit. Because Vanya's orchestra 
and the part one and two and the apocalypse are in a later episode mm-hmm. than this one. Kind of flows a little better this way, I think. Yeah, probably. Just if you're only listening to the music. Mm-hmm. One of the comments on the YouTube page. Damn, that violinist's arm must have been tired by the end of this song. (laughs) (laughs) But that that is all for the music I have. Yeah, while we're on the topic of music, it's probably a good idea to actually discuss some of the music pop culturally that are within these... Um, this TV series as well, which is very important to the flow and feel uh, of the episode, especially with bringing in you know people's attention to mm-hmm. things that we're all familiar with. And one of the main ones uh, that really stand out to me, uh, I think, was one of the things that I used as the intro for our own uh, Digo episode of this. Is I used the Phantom of the Opera, mm-hmm. and that that one is actually huge. Uh, it's Lindsay Sterling is playing it. Obviously, I didn't use that version when I did a eight bit version of it, but uh, that song that song is awesome. <laughs> I listen to that thing <laughs> often. I do like Phantom of the Opera as a musical. Uh, I, I I like that song <laughs> as as a whole. Never seen it. Uh, it's actually pretty good. Uh, just kind of like name a couple uh, songs. That uh, you know that you're you might or bands essentially that you might be familiar with, uh, Tiffany uh, from the official Netflix ta- trailer. Uh, Tiffany was on there. She had a song I think "We're Alone Now." Uh, the Kinks had a song "Picture Book." Uh, Lindsey Sterling just mentioned uh, "Fits in the Tandrums." Mm-hmm. Uh, the Walker, another Tiffany song. They might be giants with their cover of Istanbul. Which is a fun song. Istanbul, not Constantinople. <laughs> <laughs> Putting on the Ritz. A lot of the other ones on this album or on this, you know, episode itself is from Jeff Russo. So go ahead and like skip that. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't want to go through all of them, but <laughs> you know, you have the Doors uh, with the Soul Kitchen when uh, back we were back in the sixties and seventies with. Um, with Klaus going back in time, uh, we have a few other big ones, uh, yeah. especially. I like how when they jump around time, it plays music like of that era yeah. to put you in that mood. Yeah, I think one of the important ones, they have a couple Queen songs. Uh, Don't Stop Me Now, especially when Hazel and Cha Cha are shooting mm, up that yes. department store. Um, then, uh, what other ones? Oh, uh, Gerard Way. Uh, having a couple songs in here, mm, yeah. So the, the he's a front man for My Chemical Romance, and he's the one who he's a front man for My Chemical Romance, and he is actually the creator. the creator of the Umbrella Academy. And so it was really nice to see uh, him have some music in here. That's kind of one of like my questions that I was gonna like pose is how much influence did he have over the music. Um, it doesn't seem like a whole lot. Yeah, I thought maybe he'd be the composer or maybe he mm-hmm. had something uh, involved in picking the songs for the episodes or anything like that. But Yeah. 
seems like they went through him, to him a couple of times to do some covers and like get yeah. him involved, but not too extensively. Right. Uh, a lot of these are like unknown names that I have no no idea who they are personally, yeah. but I've heard you know I've heard the you'll songs. recognize the song because they use a lot of recognizable music, or mm-hmm. they'll do like cool covers of famous yeah. songs. And it could be that I just don't know. Uh, one of them being the Symphony Summer Seven in Major. Uh, the Allegretto, which is when Klaus takes the bath and he's under the water, mm-hmm. when shit's going down and like everyone's fighting Hazel and Cha Cha, then you have you know Klaus with that music that's awesome. Uh, in the same episode, you have Happy Together from Gerard Way, which is a cover uh, of the Turtles. So happy together. Yeah, and so it's just, it's just you know sounds like that. Mary J. Blige has a song in here. And she plays cha-cha. And she plays cha-cha. And so, you know, it's like, hey, you're in here. Good job doing this. Mm -hmm. I probably would have liked to have a little bit more Gerard Way. Yeah. uh, Personally, Uh, I'm not going to tell them to change what they're doing because I personally like the soundtrack and everything. Uh, But I just felt like he could have had a little bit more of an influence on the music, especially since he is a talented yeah. musician and songwriter and my chemical romance what that style of music kind of fits in mm-hmm. with these characters too like the anarchy type vibe yeah uh but yeah we're gonna have this link in the description um but it's basically the whatsong.com they basically pull all the music and give you links so if you're um, curious of any song from this episode it'll list all the songs mm-hmm. and it t- gives you like a little description of like what's happening during that part and it's yeah. a pretty pretty cool site and there's like questions that people can post on there. They're like, what song is this one? And then they update their list mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, because it, it's not like they have everything on here because some songs have 10 songs and yeah. you know, five over here. And so it just depends on who, you know, it's like crowdsourcing <laughs> to update these. Sometimes you'll just have like a, f- a few seconds of a clip of a song uh, playing in the background and it's harder right. to track down. Right. Absolutely. But yeah, that'll be in the description. All right, I think that will wrap up this episode. I think that it might. Um, big fan of the original music. All of the the whoever is in this orchestra was amazing. And Jeff Russo did a great job uh, composing these songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, whoever I don't know if it's him or who else that selects the songs. I don't know if it's like the director of each episode or if it's I don't even remember if it was one director that did all of them. But if they picked the music, but I think they did a great job. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, crap. <laughs> I was going to do a sign-off, but I remembered we don't have an official sign-off. <laughs> awesome. Sign-out. <laughs> Goodbye. See you on the flip side. <laughs>